Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Jumping in this morning into Galatians chapter 3. We've been in this series. Um, Gene started us off um, in, in Galatians 1 a couple weeks ago. Tyler talked to us about 2 last week. And today we're jumping into 3. And Galatians being this, if you're um, familiar with the Bible, it's like the ninth book in the Bible, but it's actually considered to be the first book that Paul wrote. Somewhere around 50 years, give or take. There's debate, 45, 50 years after the death of Christ. And so there's been this period of time when the people saw this crucified Christ, experienced his resurrection, the Holy Spirit in them, but it's starting to wear off a little bit. And Paul is just a little frustrated. I can just, I mean, these are letters that are written, so we get to interpret the emotion. But I'm telling you, when he starts out saying, you fools, or in some translations, you crazy Galatians, I think he's got a little bit of like emotion behind this. He's frustrated because they have seen the power and yet have kind of, they've fallen back. So we read in chapter three, he says, didn't God open your eyes to see the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion? So answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for keeping all the Jewish laws? No, you received him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. Why then would you so foolishly turn from living in the spirit by trying to finish by your own works? He says, let me ask you again, what does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with you keeping religious laws? So he's trying to encourage them with these strong words. Don't fall back into these old ways of thinking, these old patterns, back into the bondage of doing for a reward. He's saying, it's already done. Remember, it is done. You don't have to do. The message translation, verse five says, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you trust him to do them in you? He goes on to talk about Abraham Abraham considered the father of our faith. He said, Abraham led the way as our pioneering example. He believed God, and the substance of his, of his faith released God's righteousness to him. So those who are true children of Abraham will have the same faith as their father. God's plan all along was to bring this message of salvation to the nations through the revelation of faith. Long ago, God prophesied over Abraham. And we read in Genesis where it says, this is God talking to Abraham. Through your example of faith, all the nations will be blessed. And so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too. But if you choose 
to live in bondage under the legalistic rule of religion, you live under the law's curse. We could also title this message, Gift or Reward? It's like Paul is saying, it is here. Why are you trying to work for it? It's like, if you think an all-inclusive cruise ship, would you ever think about getting out oars and rowing? Right? We can laugh and think, how silly is that? But I think that's a frustration that Paul was feeling in this moment of, come on, it is done. It is done. So we have this promise, as, as Paul was talking about here, that was given to Abraham. So we can look back in Genesis 22, and we can read this story. Actually, there's, there's Genesis is filled with this promise. Um, but in Genesis 22, this is this promise of faith that is given to Abraham. Actually, I'm going to jump back to um, Genesis 17, verse 7, where God says to Abraham, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you, I will be their God. So he's given that promise. And then in 22, chapter 22, uh, please read it this week. You may have read it a thousand times. This is when, when God is asking Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, through which appeared to be the promise, right? Like through Isaac. It's an, it's an amazing, amazing account, and I want to encourage you to read it. But verse 18 again says, through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. So we have this promise given to Abraham 430 years later comes the law. And the law, as you recall, comes to Moses. And most of us know it as the Ten Commandments. When the law came to Moses, so uh, the Ten Commandments was only the start of it. Uh, there were over 600 laws. But that was, that's kind of the law as we kind of think of it in a, in a brief. But some of the laws are pretty crazy. You can read about them in Exodus 20. And you can be grateful. You can be grateful. Those are gone. But anyhow, so between the time that this promise was given and the time that the promise was fulfilled, we have the law. So there was this period of time where the law was in charge and the law had its place. It had its place and it really showed this need of a savior because, you know, can you imagine following 613 laws? Right, it's impossible. It was impossible to fulfill that law. It was this impossible moral program. So are we taking that gift, that gift, that promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith, or are we continuing to try for rewards by rule-keeping? So we see the promise, we saw the law, and then this freedom. But now Paul's frustrated because they've kind of reverted a little bit. They reverted a little bit, and they're trying to mix in a little bit of religion again with this freedom. 
He's saying, do you have faith in yourself or do you have faith in Jesus? Is this about God's doing or your doing? Is this about metrics or mercy? Gene talked to us about that in week one, this, this comparison with metrics and mercy. We can even break this down a little bit. Let's do a comparison real quick, cruise ship, rowboat. I know some of y'all are fishermen, so this is not a knock on you. I, I don't understand working that hard for dinner, but um, if we compare it, a crew, uh, you know, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna go fishing and you wanna find some fish for dinner, you're, you're taking out the oars, you're rowing to where you wanna be, you've already got the bait, you have to you know, bait your hook, cast the line, catch the fish, clean the fish, clean up your mess after you've made the fire to roast. Okay, will I go on, right? Or an all-inclusive cruise where everything is ready for you in advance. Actually, everything is paid in advance. You get to actually get on there and enjoy it. They fix the bed, clean your rooms, clean the towels, get your fresh towels. They have these amazing meals for you all day long, whenever you want it. At night, they come in, turn down your bed, put a little chocolate on your pillow. Do you ever think in this picture, if you've not been on a cruise, do you, can you imagine, if you haven't been, thinking at any point that I should find some oars to try to row this huge ship? No, 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 no. But Paul's saying here, listen, you get to choose. But he also makes it very clear. And in verse 22, and I pulled this from the message translation, it says, for if any kind of rule keeping had power to create life in us, we would have certainly gotten it by this time. Now, again, as we recall, he's writing this in about 50 AD. Do you think that by 2022, we would have gotten it by now if it was possible? If rule keeping had any kind of life in it, I think we would have figured it out by now. As I mentioned earlier, the law had its place. But there was, a, there was an even better way. See, the law says to us, don't murder. But this way of grace and mercy and this love, this way of love, this way of Jesus says, yeah, you shouldn't murder anyone, but love. Don't just not kill. Love your enemies. Don't let anger control you. And forgive over and over and over again. The law says don't steal. But this way of grace and God's love says give generously. Give selflessly and without strings and without judgment. Right, this is, this is this law of grace is what says, you know, when God says to me, Brenda, make sure you've got cash on hand for that person that's standing on the street corner. Even though I can have all kinds of opinions and judgments about what they're gonna do with my money, uh-uh-uh, I'm asked to give. I'm asked to give. The law says don't commit adultery. And this way of grace and love says have self-control in every area of your life, not just sex, Absolutely, you shouldn't sleep with someone you're not married to. 
but have self-control with your money, with food, with drink, with whatever habits. The law basically says, you do you, where this place of grace is saying, surrender yourself, your time, your money, resources, lay down your lives for each other. See, this way of the law is what brings us anxiety and worry, judgment and anger because the law reveals us as condemned sinners and failures because it depends on our efforts and we simply can't get it all right. But this way of grace, it produces gentleness, kindness, patience, grace, mercy, meekness, peace. Because grace reveals what God believes to be true about you according to the gospel message of salvation. It's not dependent on what we do. It's dependent on what he has already done. This way of grace is about our heart condition. Actually, they're both about our heart condition. But grace reveals the work that God has done in our hearts. So no more metrics. We're leaning in on mercy. No more doing for God's approval or out of obligation. We're doing good works. Because see, the law, like, the law isn't bad things. We shouldn't kill each other and we shouldn't steal, right? But this is about doing good from what God has already done for us. Because mercy says it's already been done. So we don't, have to, we don't have to subscribe to the metrics that say you have to do a lot of things to earn God's approval and love. No more striving. This thing of metrics highlights our failures. Where the grace and mercy and God saying it is done allows us to live. To live fully, to love freely, and to share it to share it, and this is all because of our faith in him. See, the law, we just elevate the law. It's like mercy comes along and says, all right, law, thanks, but you're done now. You did your thing, but now I need you to step aside, and we're gonna walk in this place of mercy because the metrics say you are never gonna be good enough, you're never gonna be smart enough or capable enough. Mercy says, receive the gift. Receive the gift of his spirit. You don't have to work for a reward. It is done. We do out of gratitude. We do out of gratitude, not out of obligation, not for approval. Now, things like bringing it to 2022. Things like Gathering like this, going to church on Sunday morning, giving a tithe, serving, connecting, reading our Bible, praying. These are all great spiritual disciplines, and we talk about them all the time and how important they are. Super, super valuable, but they can also become metrics. And this is the sort of thing Paul was talking to us about. These things can become metrics and we can fall back into old ways of thinking and patterns if our heart becomes misaligned. 
if these things become an obligation, and if I start judging you, I kind of have a front row seat, so I know when you're not here. But you see how that could become a thing like, mm, I know you haven't been here for a couple Sundays or I didn't see you put any money in the gray box, right? We can fall into these places of judgment instead of realigning our hearts and putting our faith and our trust in the work that God is doing, not in the work that we are doing. So again, I come back to this is a, this is a heart condition. Is this out of gratitude? Is this out of obligation? You know, 27, 2007, we actually, well, Gene and, our, Gene and my first cruise was in 1988 on our honeymoon during Hurricane Gilbert. Mm, yes, it, it was something I wouldn't recommend. Um, we went again in 2007 with the kids, and we went with uh, two other couples who we've done life with, raised our kids with, and we wanted to do this like one last vacation before the kids started getting married. And so 2007, which makes our kids like middle school, high school, we went on this cruise. And like I said, the kids have done all-inclusive before, but not the cruise experience. And you can get a variety of things. You can get the Disney cruise that's more fun and playful and all of that. And we did one that was a little, I don't know, fancier, if you want to say. Um, it, was, it was spectacular. And I remember the kids just like, you know, looking around and being, in, you know, pretty enamored by all of this. Um, again, food, anytime you want it, you could, they kind of, really, they were old enough, they could kind of do what they wanted. I wasn't worried anybody was going to take them anywhere. Um, and we just thoroughly enjoyed our week together. But you know, at no point did either one of our kids ask if they could repay us the cost of that cruise, like their portion. Now, I'm, as, as I know our kids, I'm guessing the weeks leading up to, and maybe afterward, they were a little more generous with their help around the house. I don't, I don't remember, but I'm just thinking as I know them. And I feel like they were, very, uh, they were very expressive with their gratitude and their thankfulness with words, you know, to Jean and I for that experience. But do you think maybe they understood that that was a gift? It wasn't because they earned it. We didn't have a check mark of things like, if you do all these things, you can go with us. They understood that they were part of this family and it was a gift, not a reward. So this morning I ask you, what is driving you? What is driving your life? Is it metrics or mercy? Is it rewards or the gift? Is it obligation or gratitude? As a band comes up, I just want to ask you, how's your heart? How's your heart this morning? Are you anxious and worried? Is there like this war within? Are you unsettled? Angry, 
or are you at peace? Despite the storms, despite the storms, we have opportunity every single day to take over instead of trusting God. I think peace is this beautiful barometer. And peace doesn't mean we don't have storms. God's never said he's gonna guarantee a life without storms. He's actually done the opposite. He's basically said, if you choose this way of following me, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So it is possible to have peace in the middle of really hectic, chaotic times. So I wonder this morning, does your heart need recalibration? Realignment with the Father's heart. Because his name is power. His name is healing and his name is life. And friends, those are things that you and I cannot always make happen in our lives. We can't, as much as we try to take over and to make things happen, true transformation, heart change, peace happens only when we surrender control to the one who can. I remind you that through you, generations will be blessed. That promise to Abraham is our promise today. You know, these words in scripture, we can say, oh, they were, they're so old. You know, they're from way long ago. These words apply to us today. They are life to us. So I don't know what it is you need to do this morning to get yourself into that place of peace. In other words, what do you need to give up? What do you need to, to give control over to God My friends, there's freedom there. It may sound counterintuitive to think that if I give up control, I'll be free, but it's true. And if your heart is dark and stormy, I'm going to put a lot of stock and a lot of money onto the fact that you are holding on to something tightly and you haven't given up control. Maybe you've fallen back into those, those areas of, of looking at the metrics, trying to measure up, instead of receiving the gift of his spirit in you, the gift of him guiding your life. But we want to, in this place of gratitude, live out our faith trusting in Jesus and not in ourselves. Do you stand with me? The prayer team will be up front as they, as they always are. And if there's something that you would like prayer for, anything at all, or if you, Maybe you just need somebody to help you with giving up control or re recalibrating. 
whatever that looks like for you. I encourage you to do that. But before we do that, I wanna just pause and I'm gonna ask you to just close your eyes And I want you to just in this moment, imagine your heart. I asked you earlier, how's your heart? So I want you to answer that question to yourself right now. And I want you to just feel, like feel what you're feeling. God, I ask you in this moment to show us. Show us the ways that we've tried to take him back, taking back control, the ways that we've done that instead of having our faith in you. God, show us the ways that we've let metrics guide us instead of being guided by your mercy. God, reveal your heart to us. And we ask for your peace as we surrender these areas back to you, to your will, to your ways. God, it seems so unsettling and scary sometimes to let go. My friends, if you need to let go of something this morning, I'm gonna ask you to just open your hands. Like do that physical act of opening up your hands and saying, okay, God, my way's not working anyway. Would you take over? Lord, we receive the gift of your spirit, the gift of faith. And this morning, we're super grateful that we don't have to do that as a part of your family. We get to enjoy the gift the gift of your son Jesus, the Holy Spirit in us, and this life of peace that we can live if we choose. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.